One of my favorite things to do in the summer here in Colorado is to go backpacking. And recently I was out near Aspen backpacking along the Maroon Bells, which is an extraordinary hiking area, and the mountains are spectacular. And I have to say, everywhere I looked, I was just amazed by the stunning, breathtaking beauty. Whether sitting up on the top, top of the mountains looking down into the valleys, or hiking along the bottom of the valleys, along the rivers that uh, were rushing, and then finally hiking up to Snowmass Lake and being at the still water of the lake with the reflection of these mountains on that lake, right nestled up against the mountains. It was extraordinary. It was so inspiring. It just led you to give glory and praise to God. You know, in our culture, we talk about beauty a lot. And oftentimes there's a saying that beauty is only skin deep. But when you look at somebody like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, even as an elderly woman, she shines, she radiates with a beauty that is not skin deep. It's her heart and her soul that shines forth, her love and the beauty of who she is. And we see that there is something more to beauty than just what we talk about in terms of beauty being skin deep. What is it? What is it that makes authentic, deep beauty from a Christian perspective. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We have a special guest tonight and I'm really excited to have join us and that is Leah Darrow who does incredible ministry for women. I got to know Leah a number of years ago because she was a student here at the Augustine Institute and she has an amazing story, personal story. She started out as a model in her career and went through a powerful conversion and it gave her a heart for doing ministry for women especially. And she has a wonderful book called The Other Side of Beauty. And she has a wonderful website and a, and a terrific app called Lux. And we're gonna talk about that and some of the things she's doing in her ministry. And she is the mother of six children and has a terrific husband I know, Ricky, who is a, a former Green Beret and a great man of God who my son has a special affection for. So Leah, it is a great joy to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's always so good to be back with all of y'all at the Augustine Institute. You know you have my heart. I rave about you constantly because it is true. My time at the AI was incredibly transformational. Uh, the, the, the education, of course, but the community that surrounded it and continued to help me develop into uh, you know, the, a better version of myself while I was there is just... Uh, I, you can't put a price on that. So, you know, I just, I love everything that you guys are doing. And I'm always grateful, always grateful. Every time I see anything of what you're doing in the world, it just warms my heart because you touch so many souls and you've touched mine and really helped me um, become and, and continue to become the woman Christ has called me to be. Oh, Leah, you're so sweet. But you know, the greatest joy here at the Augusta Institute, a lot of people know that we have formed, but having the graduate school here at the Augusta Institute, our greatest joy is students like you. When we get to have people like you who are so hungry and on fire for the faith, and they're gonna go out and be a light in the world. And that's what we want our students to do. And you're a model. In fact, you got our Alumni of the Year Award uh, at the, our last prayer breakfast. So it's, it's great uh, uh, having you here on the show. Let's talk about beauty. What led you, what put on your heart? Because I know it's a really important thing for you, for your ministry to women, this idea of beauty. And, and what led you to, to write this book? Uh, the other side of beauty and, and to really address beauty with women's ministry. Yeah, so thank you. What led me 
to really address beauty from the perspective of of God and of theology was because that beauty's always been that place in my heart that God touched to bring me closer to him. Mm. And I sought after beauty. I've, I've sought after beauty my entire life. I've gone down paths where it did not lead me to God because I was seeking the type of beauty that the world uh, is okay with, that the world condones. And so I am very, I have a, I have a really long history with the word beauty. And it was because I had this major conversion um, that I began to reignite and re reorient my life towards Christ. And then after that, I realized that God wasn't going to strip me of all of my desires that I had before. It was just that he was going to recalibrate them towards him and towards worship and towards adoration of him. And so beauty never went away. God just was able to help me see like, what is beauty? What's the goal of beauty? What's the point of it? What does it do for our spiritual lives? Um, or is it just something that should be left to the secular world? And I came to find out that beauty is something that we all should embrace as a part of being a Christian, because uh, this element of beauty and this, this the deep theological insights into it call us into the life of Christ, which is a beautiful life. You know, I want to explore what authentic beauty is and what you just said, but you know, you, you talk about pre-conversion in terms of your own personal conversion where Christ really captured your heart and you were working as a model uh, at that time. And let's just talk about false ideas of beauty that the world is just filled with that, you know, I, I think right now with social media, especially and all the screens that we have and Facebook, it becomes a trap for young women, doesn't it? false ideas of beauty that create a false sense of identity and self-esteem. Let's just address that. And what was some of those false ideas of beauty that you held on to that you gave up during your conversion? Absolutely. So, you know, beauty's not the enemy. That's, mm. I think it's important to start there. Yeah. Beauty's not the enemy. There's nothing wrong with beauty. In fact, beauty is an attribute of God. So to say that there's something wrong with beauty is to say that there was something wrong of God and there's nothing wrong of God. Mm. And so it's not that beauty is the enemy. It's how sometimes we have allowed that word to be distorted and then to live by that distortion. And so in the past and today, beauty has been distorted to be this very physical um, ideal and it, it looks a certain way. And if you don't match that and you don't do it perfectly, so within beauty is wrapped perfectionism. So beauty is not just beauty, but beauty is something perfect. And then it's about how you look on the physical you know, um, side of things. And so it's also something that you have to be able to afford. So beauty is a rich person's game and a poor person's um, jealousy. So. It's going to be this, this thing about beauty. What drew me in in my past was that, of course, I, I craved beauty, which was good. I was craving an attribute of God. I was craving to seek out true beauty, but I didn't have the definition correct. And so I went after it with what was given to me. And sometimes we don't question what we're given, and we should. We should always ask questions, but we should never be afraid of those answers. And so I never asked the question of like, is this real beauty? What does this mean? So I just wanted to feel beautiful. I wanted to 
look beautiful. And so beauty was this very tangible piece for me. And what the world told me is that I needed to look a certain way. I needed to, you know, every, every, every inch of my body was dictated by the world. And I allowed that to happen. I, I agreed to their definitions and then I sought after that and nothing led me to peace or joy or even, even physical beauty. It led me to hating myself because what this idea is, is that you crave beauty and you want beauty. And I did that for so long, but what ended up happening was this cycle almost of self-hate because I could never reach the perfection of beauty that the world gave me. And then I thought that the problem was with me. I needed to fix this about me, lose more weight over here, wear these types of clothes, have this type of outfit on. And so I never could reach it. And there was never a, there was not a wholeness about it. It was very disjointed. And so I looked at myself as, as a collection of parts instead of a whole. And that's one of the biggest problems when we see beauty out today, because it really breaks the person down and it says what's beautiful, what's not beautiful. And that's not, as you know, how we're, we're called to live and how God created us to be. So those ideas of beauty wow. in the past really affected me and began to affect my identity. It I came want, down to... Well, I want to come back to that in a second, but I just want to invite people to, if you have questions for Leah and, and uh, on this topic, feel free to text us those questions on our text line, which is 720-650-0100. And just put your name and what your question is. And we'd love to hear it. You could say... You know, I, I'm Susan from Alabama. Here's my question. And uh, we love to hear from you. We want you to join that conversation. And, uh, you know, Leah, you said something really important, and that is how the, you know, beauty is a good thing. Let's just begin with that. Beauty is good. But the ideas and the ideal of the world about beauty kind of was enslaving to you. And it really took, it robbed you of your peace and, um, sense of identity with a false identity, like you said, that there's these false identities of beauty that are impossible for people to live out. And do you think that's a major thing that a lot of people struggle with today, especially a lot of young women with this false view? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, this is what, this is what just stirs me up and why I talk about this so much, because it's not just, beauty is not just skin deep. Beauty goes down to our souls, my friends. It reaches deep down into your soul and it reveals the truth. Beauty reveals truth. And so when we seek after a false beauty, we are going to look at a false truth. We're going to see ourselves with not how the Lord sees us, but how the enemy sees us. And it's going, it's going to hurt us. It's going to damage. And it begins to give this disordered view of identity. And that kind of couples in with shame because, of course, you're not living up to those perfect ideals of beauty that the world gives you. And I got to a point and I had a major conversion in the middle of a fashion photo shoot when all of that came crashing down. And it is truly by the grace of God. I was not living a moral life. I was not living a sacramental life. I had been away from the faith for over 10 years. And uh, the only thing I held on to of my faith was the rosary and Our Lady. And granted, I, 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 I wouldn't pray it, but I held on, I physically held on to a rosary. And that was my only lifeline really to the Catholic Church. And it's not that I didn't believe in God. It's not that I didn't believe God was good. I just didn't think I was worth his time anymore because I had made so many mistakes. I had so many sins built up and I saw 
I took the world's idea of me and I ran with it and I was, and I knew it was wrong and I knew it was empty, but I just didn't think there was a way to go back. Because again, when you seek after what the world gives you, you're not seeking truth. So whatever it is in your life, um, I sought out this beautiful life that the world gave me, but it didn't bring me to peace. And that all came crashing down in the middle of a fashion photo shoot. And, uh, how did, yeah, how, so now you, you, you go through this conversion by the grace of God, and that's an amazing story. And, and now you, you come to a place where you have peace with your body and you're, you feel free from the, and, and liberated. You know, how, how quickly did that set in after your conversion? And what, what, was that a process? Is it something you had to work at to change uh, uh, your mindset? Okay, so so yes to both. Okay. Uh, there was an immediate change. There was, and that is that's the grace of God. Everything's the grace of God, but that for sure was a tangible piece of God reaching down and and uh, like turning my head, being like, "No, look this way. Go this way." And so, um, I, yeah, I was in the middle of a fashion fo- photo shoot, and God touched my heart, and I had this. I just knew because he told me that I was made for more. And I didn't know exactly how that would play out, but I knew that what I was seeking, I could not find what I wanted. And what I really wanted was this place of acceptance and surrender of who I was to Jesus Christ and and having him make me new. I wanted to be loved for who I was. I didn't want to be loved because I looked a certain way. I didn't want attention because of the way that I looked. I wanted somebody to see me and to be pleased with me. And Christ stood before me and said, I see you and I love you. Wow. And that just changed everything. And so there was an immediate change of my heart of like, no, I am not going, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I refuse to accept these lies. These are lies and I've been, li- I've been lied to. And the reality was, is that I allowed the lies to in my life. Hmm. Leah, you know, you, you point out something that's so powerful. I, I think I just want to echo it, and that is when you talked about how you experienced the love of Jesus Christ, his unconditional love for you, that that was the point of liberation, that you didn't need and uh, this recognition from others, and so you didn't have to feel like you had to be perfect and, and, and all these other things that the world says about beauty, but you just received Jesus' unconditional love, and that liberated you. Uh, that fills you up and it gives you joy and peace. And that's so important for people and especially young women to know. Mary, is, who's a mother, uh, like you, she says, I'm a mother of young girls and our culture it bombards them with skin deep images and models of beauty. How do I teach them the true understanding of beauty? Great question, Mary. All right, so a couple things. One, they're both pretty practical, but the first one is Guard your space, guard your heart. What fills up your heart will overflow to your life. So what are the voices and what is the influence in your life and in your and in your daughter's lives? What are those voices? Because there's definitely a lot going that, that, that we are being um, just bombarded by. So social media is really important because we all have our, our phones and we're all, we all choose to be a part of social media, which is fine. But how we cultivate that space is really important. 
And so cultivating a space on social media, being a part of it where it's going to breathe life into your life and not doubt your identity as Christ Jesus has called us to be as his daughters is really important. And so that's number one. I would be very careful about accounts you follow, what you watch on TV, or how much media that you take in also. Not just what you're watching, but the amount of it um, is really important to uh, take an account of. And the second piece is um, get involved in service. Get involved where you go and you help. Um, go help the poor. Go help those in need. Because we need to be able to see the beauty of the dignity of every single person. And this will help them look at others and see other people's need and their vulnerability to say that they need help. And then maybe that in turn will lead, will lead them into looking at themselves and say, where, what type of poverty do I have in my own life that I can ask the Lord to come in to, to speak into and to heal. But service is such an act um, of love and of beauty. And it teaches us so much being able to get outside of ourselves and to look to others and to be able to serve others. So I would encourage uh, service and then being very careful about the space around you and what type of noises and voices that you allow into your life and to your family. Mm. That's so important, you know, just trying to, you can't put your kids in a bubble, but you have to be involved with what all the different streams of media that they're getting and try as parents. And of course, as they're younger, it's easier to control it, but as they get older, it gets a little harder, but it's, it's really important to regulate that. And I think if you give them the principles, like you said before, that encounter with Christ and letting them know that they're loved by Christ, when they know that they're deeply loved by God, that's liberating for a young woman to not feel, because every, everybody, male or female, we all want to be loved and we're called to love, right? And that desire to be loved is a beautiful, good thing that God gives us to build authentic relationships, but it can really be... Uh, a, an opportunity for testing and where we could kind of, for so many young women, their desire to be loved can lead them down the wrong road of how, how they look at employing beauty. Isn't that, isn't that a, true? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Aquinas talked about beauty and he talked about elements of beauty and he talked about three elements of uh, proportion, integrity, and clarity. And when we talk about like, what are things that are really beautiful, mm. Um, and even our life, is our life an integrated life? Is it proportionate and does it have clarity? I mean, Tim, you were speaking in the very beginning, you were talking about this great canyon or, or some type of view, I don't know, some Colorado thing. Yeah. And, and you were talking about how beautiful it was because that radiated as a clarity. It was exactly what it was created to be. And when we understand that beauty gives glory to God, then we can be able to see how we present ourselves in the world, even with our physical dress, but then even with with, with the virtues that we uh, practice out, are we having, do we have integrity of who we are? Is there a proportionate of, are we, like, are we generous one day and then not generous the next? That means there's not a proportion in our virtue, but all of this is about, all these elements are about beauty. And that leads us to that integrated life, which is continued to be, how we can express the glory of God in this world. You know, those, those beautiful uh, account of beauty that you have from St. Thomas Aquinas fits beautifully with the next question from Tess. And she says, how do we use beauty for evangelization? So that's a good question. Yeah, well, you know, evangelization begins with you. Mm. 
If you feel like you are really called to evangelization, which by the way, every Christian is, uh, then that just means the first step is that Christ wants to evangelize you Mm. and that you are the first student. Yeah. So we cannot begin teaching others if we do not want to be the student. That's so important. People have to receive the love of God before they can share, which is what evangelization is, the love of God, right? We can't emphasize that enough. We all have to be totally receptive to God's love. And the best way to do that is through prayer. And that, that gives me an opportunity to ask you about your, the Lux app, because you really have that app up for people to receive the love of God, right? Talk, talk a little bit about that app. Yeah, so in Lux Ministries, we have a couple different things. One is the Lux Catholic app. It's a free app for Catholic women um, or Christian women who all we do is we pray together. We are, we are here to help encourage you in your contemplative prayer life so that you can have a beautiful, safe place to go, to be encouraged, to have other women pray for you and for you to pray with. That is simply it. We do offer some scripture studies in there and a few other things, but we're just really helping you cultivate deep prayer in your life because prayer is that beautiful silence that we all need to listen to the Lord and for us to spend time with him. And so the Lux Catholic app is just that. It is simple. It is easy. Um, it is a place where we're not going to give you know, uh, advice. We're just here to encourage. We pray the rosary live twice a day, Divine Mercy Chapel on Fridays, and we are just, we're just here to pray with you. Uh, that's a beautiful thing you do. Uh, I, I love that, Leah. Thomas asked a question. He says, well, can uh, beauty be a perfect disguise for evil? And how do we discern when it is? Yeah, well, you know, of course. Um, So the devil cannot create. So the devil just takes everything God created and then he attempts to distort it. So can beauty be distorted for evil? Of course. I mean, I think there's a few examples quite easy that we all can think of. Of course it can. So a great way to to discern that, obviously prayer and listening to your gut, you know, the Holy Spirit who speaks to us as well as aligning whatever that thing is to those those three descriptions that St. Thomas Aquinas has come up with when it comes to beauty. Does this thing have uh, integrity, proportion, and clarity? I talk a lot about that in my book, um, The Other Side of Beauty. If you're interested, I have a whole section in there talking about scripture and what the philosophers have talked about when it comes to beauty. But a great way to kind of decide that is to really look at that. If there's if there's clarity within that thing, if there's proportion or integrity. And so those always will be included in anything that is beautiful. Hmm. That's great. I love this question from Angela. She says, you know, how, Leah, do you balance your life of prayer and your ministry and being a mom with six kids? Like, how do you, how does a mom do that? How does a mom do any kind of work or any kind of ministry? And uh, I love that question. So, so how does a mom love all of her kids equally? Like we just do. Yeah. I don't uh, compartmentalize my life. I'm fully Leah. And God's given me a heart that is one to be, you know, wife to Ricky. And God's given me, he's made me Leah to be mom to my six kids. And he's made me Leah to be an evangelist. And he's made me Leah to, 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 to work in his vineyard. And so it's a full life, but it's one that I balance with prayer and every opportunity, everything I do is an opportunity for prayer. Everything. I mean, so, all the good, all the bad. Leah, I love your answer because you're saying it's, it's about love, right? Love is what empowers you to serve your kids, to serve your husband, to serve the people in your ministry. 
And so it's, it's that love that's at the core that motivates and inspires and, and empowers you and gives you the strength to carry that cross at times in all those areas. But how practically, because you're doing so much, what, what are your practical ways of making sure you keep prayer anchored in prayer? Because being anchored in prayer, I bet you'd say, is the secret to having that love enkindled so that it doesn't grow cold. Yeah, well, I just make time for Jesus every day. So what does that look like? That means I, I wake up in the morning and I have my morning prayer that I do every day. That means that um, we have a little timer in our house and we pray the Angelus at noon. Uh. Um, we have a little timer in our house at 3 p.m. and we remember the passion of our Lord. And they're short and they're small and they're quick. I have six kids, my friends, and the oldest is eight and the youngest is five months old. So it's not like I'm, there's not like there's a lot of quiet time, but what I do have is the time God gave me. So we just, we, we take advantage of the time we have when we're in the car together, we pray the rosary. Um, it's, it's, we don't, my kids praying the rosary does not look like the three kids at Fatima. So it's real life. It is real life. But, but we, we do. I think the important piece is that Ricky and I have always made it a point to wake up at a certain time uh, to honor that morning together and pray together. And then we have our separate times of prayer that anchors our day. And then in the evening, Ricky and I always do a recollection. So, um, so together we just have some time where uh, we spend time in quiet in bed and we kind of go through a few prayers on our own. And then we come together for just one or two prayers together in the evening. Um, and that has been really beneficial for our marriage and for our life and for the this you know work that God gives us to do together. That's terrific. Well, uh, another question that comes in, and it's from Steve. And I love this question because it's quotes Augustine, who I, who I love. So Augustine prays, and I think it's actually in book 10 of the Confessions, uh, he addresses God as, oh, beauty ever ancient, ever new. And, uh, you know, do, can we address God as beauty? Or how would you, you know, what does that mean, uh, Augustine's prayer for you? Yeah. Well, because beauty is an attribute of God. I mean, God is. God mm -hmm. is beauty. So he's ever ancient, right? Mm -hmm. He's eternal. It's ever new because the more that we encounter God in our day-to-day -day life, we're amazed. You know, it's like that Sunday and you've heard those same readings before and you've heard them year after year, but it's that one Sunday, the gospel hits you anew. It, it's, there's, there's a beauty to the Lord that is unending. There's a beauty to the Lord that does not give up on you because he is going to come after you and chase you time and time again with his scripture, with his word, with his spirit. And that is beautiful. It is a beautiful, you know, seeking of our souls constantly so that we can be in union with him. I love that, Leah. Well, I want you to share some of, how can people find resources? They want to learn more that, you know, they've been hearing you speak and share, and they want to get this to their daughter or to their uh, niece. They want, to, they want to help even for themselves. Where can women find some of your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can find out more about me and see everything that we offer with the Lux Catholic app or some of our courses within Lux University um, on my website, leahdaro.com. Very easy. You can grab my book, um, what's this side? The Other Side of Beauty, um, just on Amazon. It's very easy. You can find out more information again on my website, leahdaro.com. You know, for me, Leah, one of the things, I, I the beauty that I always go back to to, to restore my soul is like I said at the beginning, I, I love to go backpacking. I love going out hiking in the mountains. I'm gonna spend this weekend with our new students coming in for the fall semester and we take them up for a mountain retreat 
up at Estes Park, and uh, so we're gonna go hiking up in the mountains, and uh, that, that's always great. Um, where, where do you go to find beauty that just kind of, you just feel like it refreshes and restores your spirit? I go outside. I go outside with my grocery. So we just moved to a farm. So lately, God has brought me to this place where I get to walk amongst our peach orchard and I pray my rosary and I just walk up and down these rows of trees. Uh, and um, I just look at a big sky and I just, I mean, keep in mind, of course we can see beauty in the material world, but my friends, the material world is just material. There is more beauty that awaits us in the eternal world in the, in, in the, in the world that is to come on this, on this, on this other side of the veil. And so contemplating those mysteries is diving deeper into beauty, contemplating the mysteries of the rosary, contemplating our, the life of our lady, the life of Christ. Uh, that's what's been happening lately for me as I walk outside and just to, just to, just to be in a big wide open space, but yet feel still feel so um, loved individually by God. But yeah, I can't thank you enough for sharing all this with us and for all the great work you do in your ministry. And uh, it's a joy to have you with us. So thank you so much for being with us. And I want to thank everybody on their audience, especially all of you who support us through the Mission Circle. That is a beautiful little work of giving as little as $10 or more a month. And it really supports our whole ministry here at the Augusta Institute, whether supporting our students who become great evangelists like Leah and uh, supporting us with Formed and our programming here at Formed. We're just grateful for all your support. God bless you. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, eBooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org. You can watch this show in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, eBooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.